There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cole Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider becoming a patron and joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash Popshire. Hello everybody, it's AJ here at the top of the podcast. I just want to let everyone know that somehow, whenever we do these most disappointing or most anticipated podcasts of the year, somehow they're always longer than the year the year before. And you might be wondering why are we doing a most disappointing of 2019 in the middle of June? Well, initially that was because we wanted to split it up so it wouldn't be as long, but then this episode of the first half was still really long, so the decision is is that we're going to be releasing this episode as two parts over the next two weeks uh, well three weeks I guess if you include film franchise fortnights which you should um, so we didn't know this until after recording it so you'll hear us refer to it as two parts when it's actually probably going to be four parts by December so uh, yeah please enjoy the most disappointing the most disappointing movies of 2019 part one part one um and tune in for part one part two in a fortnight thank you very much yeah i could probably if if we do end up with like a loud like a lot of us talking i won't be able to hear aj because if we just yeah (laughs) <laughs> you're like so that's good yeah that's good <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny starting one of these podcasts on jeremy's side <laughs> then like all right let's get ready to antagonize aj um so that's a reference to a little conversation a little argument we had before the podcast where it was mm. me and aj me and jeremy sorry not aj not aj me and aj me being richard oh, fuck i said me and aj again i'm richard i'm joined by jeremy whose side i'm on in this argument Right. And uh, we're also joined by AJ. Who's correct out of the three of us. Mm. The correct one. Well, like, what, what are we guys, arguing man. about? You'll find out Coming in, in three hot. hours. I've forgotten what we're arguing about. It was more like- Yeah, that makes you I got, wrong. I got backed into a quarter and I, I fought back and now we're not even talking about the thing we were talking about. Yeah, now. what are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about the most disappointing of the most disappointing films <laughs> of 2019. <laughs> Yeah, but so far. Wait, wait, 2019 isn't over yet, though. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we thought these podcasts are so fucking stupidly long. <laughs> so long. That we're just going to do them now. Yeah. We'll do and one of them it, now. Isn't it somewhat- um, Ironic. Uh, what's the- like it's it's almost sobering to think that it's been six months since we did the most anticipated of. I know. I haven't yeah. seen Jeremy since then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. We went to FBL Street to talk together. That's right. And what nice. a memory for both of yeah. us. <laughs> our, our one movie date a year. <laughs> Last year it was A Quiet Place. This year it was FBL Street Talk. I've invited you to so many fucking I movies I invited you then. to so many movies and as you're well. you're always like, I've already seen it. I've already seen it. Yeah, if you wait more than opening day, you, I've seen it. <laughs> well, I can't because I've got other stuff going on. What do you have going on? You know. 
No. Malak. That was a special. That was a special joke. We need to leave in one episode. I okay. don't oh, want no, to no, like, guys, just guys. bleep that, AJ. No, guys, because this. <laughs> I, I feel like there's the sequel to Mawaf. Oh my god! Of course. Yeah. Which is now. I I can't do stuff. I can't do stuff because my wife is pregnant. Whoosh, my yeah. unborn child. When does the baby do? <laughs> it's September. Very oh, is that your most anticipated film of the year? <laughs> nah, like I said in in the last pod, you know, the, the 90s were definitely a high point for me and everything else. <laughs> just down there. <laughs> oh, man. So, we've all just- I, AJ, did you listen back to the anticipated podcast? Uh, I fell asleep re-listening to it, but I heard up to where we are in the year. Oh, nice. Isn't that convenient? So, it was actually, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it um, Wasn't it like a, a, a window back into a much more innocent time? Yeah, it was really interesting. Mm. Um, so, I mean, if you haven't listened to that, maybe it'll be fun for you to go back and listen to it, it and see. Won't. No, probably won't. It's not really, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is the, none of this podcast is good, but we are. Um, we've all re-listened to it, so forgive us if we um, keep referencing jokes ourselves. From it. Um, but anyway, because this podcast is probably going to be like three hours long, let's just crack into it. So we're going to go through the releases that we spoke about on that podcast, and then uh, there's a few other movies that we maybe didn't know about or didn't think were worth talking about at the time uh, that we can now go through, uh, and we'll just sort of pepper those in at the end. Mm. Um, cool. So, the first big release of the year that I believe we all saw was uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Glass. No, you know you know this. I don't watch M. Night Shyamalan movies. Yeah, after did you Lady end up watching water, Glass? No, no. You didn't, okay. I, uh, you told me that I shouldn't come in on Glass after not watching- Right, yeah, uh, of course. Um, whatever it was. Um, so, Split. AJ, you and I saw this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm going to say it. It was real bad. Yeah, cracking off most disappointing films of 2019 with what could actually be the yeah. <laughs> the most disappointing uh, film of the I year. I got that, AJ. Cracking off. Oh, yeah, the glass. Splintering yay, us off. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Glass. Uh, I've got my letterbox pulled up, um, letterbox.com slash Alexidus, if you want to follow me. Uh, and I've ranked, out of the 20 films I've seen this year, I've ranked Glass at 20th. So Nice. It may be, yeah, maybe it is my most disappointing. Out of- Because it is the one I was expecting to be good after Split. And, yeah. You know, Can I I'm just say, yep. I'm, I've never been prouder of my own decisions. Not to no, bother. Yeah. No, Not to enough. bother. And I, it turns out I was fucking right. Um, out of 37 mm. movies I've seen, so just keep in mind that it is a lot more than Angel. A lot more. Um, I've ranked this 31st, so I've seen six films that are worse. Um, wow. So, okay. Um, are we <laughs> going like, to be I've talking watched, about- I've, I've watched six movies more than AJ, and all of them have been worse than <laughs> AJ's worst film. <laughs> um, yeah. So, let's. should we talk about- um, We're going to be going into spoilers and stuff in this podcast, yeah? Um, yeah, I feel like this is spoiler neutral. We won't necessarily be talking about spoilers, but we also might be talking about. Oh, spoilers. we totally will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, we're going to yeah, talk yeah, about but, the whole like, movie. If you listen to it, if you listen to previous episodes where we've done either most anticipated or most disappointed, you can listen to some of these conversations without us spoiling what happens. Yeah, it's just I don't know which ones, and I'm not going to note down which ones. Yeah, well, so-, so let's talk about Glass though. So Glass is from memory. It's because yeah. it feels like so long ago now. It's crazy, like, looking back at the list of movies that came out this year. There's something I'm like, it feels like a year ago since I've seen that. But- it feels like we the, the it feels like Glass was longer ago than when we recorded the most anticipated films of 2019. Yeah. Um, so, Glass, the, the main thing that let's down Glass is it's got a stupid ending. So, mm. uh, spoilers for Glass. All these characters that you love, David Dunn, Mr. Glass, and um, The Horde- all just die real unceremoniously. What? So, 
David Dunn gets dr- drowned in about an inch of water. Um, oh, because he's yeah, because yeah, okay, he's yeah. he you know got a weakness to water. Um, the hor- uh, what's the um, Kevin Wendell Crumb gets yeah. shot, and then um, Mister Glass gets like squeezed by Kevin. And then dies and then turns out and then the big reveal is, ah, it's the people with the clover tattoo Um, because it's like literally Sarah Paulson's character shoots one of them and then it's real. She's got a clover tattoo and you're like, oh, from um, exactly. uh, Yeah. And then you're like, there must be from Unbreakable and I've forgotten about it. It's not. It's not from anything. Um, There's this big dramatic reveal that she has a clover tattoo on her wrist and it's we haven't seen it before. Oh, my gosh. Anywhere in the franchise. And then it's revealed that it's actually the secret society that want people to think that superheroes aren't real. So, they, uh, you know, like, killed them. Um, And then, oh, turns out Mr. Glass actually released footage of them doing superhero stuff onto the internet. And now everyone's like, wow, superheroes are real because this guy- bent some steel that could have you know easily been faked or yeah, um, the end the end of the <laughs> the end of the movie is just like well you know what you could never fake anything on a film so just like yeah, yeah exactly yeah, everyone, yeah, like everyone knows doing. it's real now that's what i was gonna say is if you saw a youtube video where someone bends steel would you go holy shit superheroes are real or would you go oh yeah cool it's someone bending steel oh is this another like viral you know, video attempt yeah like yeah. the thing is because they go viral <laughs> instantly as well and so like, that's not how videos work especially now that we've seen this but like the thing is it's the the whole plot of the 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 Ending of the film relies on you thinking that if you see video footage of someone doing something supernatural, you will automatically believe it. But it's like the movie does this. Like, (laughs) you know, um, Bruce Willis can't actually like rip off these doors or something like that. Like, so the fact that you use trickery. To make the film yeah. means that the ending doesn't work. It's it's a very yeah. well, it's, or, or you're being asked way. to believe it's a world in which people are a bit dumber than you are. Yeah, <laughs> which I refuse to believe. I but- like to think that's every M Night Shyamalan film, Jeremy. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Well, at yeah. least past not past Lady <laughs> in the Water. Uh, but yeah, so that's guys. So that was a really interesting start of the year, and it was um, very disappointing. It's it's it's. It's divisive, I put in quotation marks, because a lot of people are like, it's actually quite an intelligent movie and, and people just wanted big like superhero fights. And it's like, uh, there, there's there's parts of greatness in it, like watching it up until the, the final act, you're like, oh, okay, this this it's one of those movies that it's fine, but this final act could save it. And then the final act is just stupid. Yeah. And because reviews yeah, exactly. were like, not everyone's going to like how this ends. And yeah. no, no one's going to like it. But this is stupid. the thing with the Night Shyamalan, right? Is that like basically I can't think of another director for whom like the endings of his films are the most. He's he's set it up mm. f- as a filmmaker that his style is that the endings of his films are the most important part. Like because he he's like I'm the master of the twist, or I'm the master, like I'll yeah. tell you something at the end of the film that like changes your perception. Of like the closer, yeah, and and yeah. then it's just like so. Yeah, there are other films, especially films that I've seen this year, where like the ending isn't super satisfying. But I'm like, oh, I had a really good time. It was a yeah. really good movie. But I just feel like for him, it's just not that's not possible. Yeah. yeah, with 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 the with Split, the twist was like now M Night Shyamalan is referencing another M Night Shyamalan movie, and the twist with glasses now M Night Shyamalan is referencing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's going to make a movie that comes out in between. Um. You know, like, yeah, other, yeah. like the idea I had of how to fix the <laughs> ending, Jeremy, was so you have because it's established in Unbreakable that every time a superhero is created, someone with the opposite powers is created. It's like us. 
kind of yeah. Um, and so um, you have David Dunn, who's unbreakable, and then you have Mr. Glass, who was you know created yeah. at the same time, and who's got the opposite. Um, and then we meet Kevin Wendell Crumb, and then we show it's in the same universe. So I'm like, okay, what's the opposite of that? And then. The I someone the, who's the, devoid the, of personality. The, the clover tattoo should be a group of people with one consciousness, rather than he's a one person with a like group of consciousnesses. Ah. And then, like that, should have been the thing is that like it's revealed that like everyone in the psychiatric psychiatric institute is actually like a hive mind. Right. And then and the, and it should have been like a bee instead of a clover. And then it's like they're the hive, and he's the horde. Yeah. And that's like that, that's a great twist. Yeah. Because also now, now there's just like okay, is there an opposite of Kevin? Because they never they brought that up in Unbreakable, and then when they tied Split in, they obviously didn't think of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. still wouldn't watch that movie, but it's, it does sound better than what was there. <laughs> What's the opposite of someone with heaps of personalities? Someone with one personality. <laughs> <laughs> That's his next movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next up, the film we talked about was the kid who would be king. <laughs> Sorry. What's the opposite of someone with a lot of personalities? James Corden. <laughs> no personality um, there it is I saw a James Corden video the other day oh. and it was like they threw to a title graphic and it was like a real thin James Corden that obviously been like photoshopped to look like much slimmer and then it like fate dissolves away from it and actual James Corden is standing in the same face <laughs> and he's just like three times the size <laughs> and it's like did you think we wouldn't notice um, anyway so we spoke about the kid who would be king briefly, but I don't think any of us saw it. Nah. nah. Uh, next but, up. Well, was, but just to say yeah. that apparently it was a lot better than we thought it was going to be. Well, yeah, the, reviews were out. the reviews were out when we- <laughs> Oh, was it? Or were, no, they might no, not I mean, we, But we, yeah, got we, really good reviews. Well, at least I shat on it. And so this is the time for me to say, look, I didn't bother to see it, but apparently it was better than I thought it was going to be. So shame on yeah, me. Good stuff. Uh, and then uh, next up, into January, we had Velvet Buzzsaw, the Netflix film directed by Dan Gilroy, starring uh, J. John Hall and Renee Russo. I watched it. AJ, you watched it? No, I didn't. Jeremy, did you watch it? I watched 15 minutes of it and oh, okay. gave up. Uh, this <laughs> is because I almost put this on my top most entertained movies of the year because uh, at the time when we recorded, there was no no. I hadn't didn't know the premise, didn't know you know really anything about it, and I kind of avoided everything about it going into it and fuck what a bad film this is this would be almost one of my most disappointing january was a very disappointing month for me um <laughs> yeah Val Bustle, i do not watch this film it's so bad Wanky. and boring it's like well okay it's not funny enough to be a satire it's not like um you know tense enough to be a thriller and it's just yeah, there's again, there's some some all right ideas explored. Are they trying, in it. Were they trying to go for noir? It felt like they were really trying to go for like a noir kind of set in the sort of languid, like self self affirming environment of like the sort of hyper art scene. Yeah, you know, hyper wealthy. Yeah, well, art that's scene. the thing. Like, it should have been a cool a satire of that world that throws in some horror elements. Um, but also, I mean, if you want to get what this film is kind of thing, just watch the trailer because it's literally the entire film. You see Jake Jonah Hall die in the trailer, um, <laughs> which is how the film ends. Um, yeah, it, it's it's 
Uh, yeah, it's such a mess of a film. I, I don't understand how. Mm. Like, it sh- there, there must be a, a good edit of it out there somewhere. Well, and this is the, this is the thing that is dangerous: is that Netflix is like sort of hoovering up these kinds of films that mm. have like big stars attached and stuff. And 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 previously, it would just go straight to DVD mm. um, if if there was not good buzz around it and it wasn't seen as worth it. But Netflix is like, oh, well, we, we want the prestige of having these sort of big name stars yeah. in our movies, and and then they release them, and then you just it basically just goes, oh, well, we we don't actually think that Netflix has any good quality movies that are exclusives. Yeah. Which is a shame. Uh, so, that's valid yeah. by saw. Do not recommend. Uh, February 8th, The Lego Movie 2, the second part. Uh, this was on yes. my most anticipated list for the year, and it was pretty good. Yeah, I've ranked it fifth out of 20. So, are we, um, we going to go through all our rankings? We can. I can stop. Would you rather I stop doing it? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I just, <laughs> if people would care, they can go and look at yeah, their box. Like, yeah, we can do. We can maybe, right. maybe like you throw in your chuck in your top five. So you, you, you know, you're right. finally going. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's sort of what I was doing. So this is fifth. Yeah. Um, this ranks in yeah, the middle for me. Yeah, I, I was. Um, I don't think it's as good as the first one, mm. and. Um, I don't think I have a particularly hot take on it. I remember it's, it's so been so long since I've seen it. I remember thinking it was more um, emotionally resonant with me, like the the ending where they 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 sing "Everything's Not Awesome." I was like, "This is so sweet!" Like it was kind mm-hmm. of a movie that had me holding out for a big kind of satisfying third act, and I feel it had that, but. That's compared to the Lego Movie One, which was awesome all the way through. Whereas I felt like, yeah, that, that's oh, yeah. the thing. Yeah, like this movie, I think is the dictionary definition of um, not as good as the first one, but still really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would. Yeah, I I think it's worse than that. Um, really, <laughs> I I was really frustrated because the whole genesis of Lego movie is, you know, it's a terrible idea. And then Lord and Miller just come through and make like the best movie out of a terrible idea. And it's, you wanted it to be 22 jump street where it's just like, Oh my gosh, don't go back to that same well and do a Mm. sequel. That's trying to basically do exactly the same thing as the first, but just slightly different. Mm. Um, And they nailed it on 22 jump street. And then in this one, I just don't think they did. I think the, the problem with this one was that you went in and you knew the ending of the first one, which was that yeah. it's like everything is little kids playing and it's all to do with what's going on in the real world. It removes and the then stakes. They, so. Yeah. And then also they they really fucked with the like what's in the Lego world, what's in the real world. And by the end of it, there is just no rules about kind of like whether or not a Lego character has to be animated by a human character to be. And then the, like the time travel thing yeah, and that like was, all that. Yeah. I was just like, I want to be with you, but none of this makes any sense. And like, Mm. it's, I mean, again, like make, uh, but you are, you are asking like a, a metaphorical world to have internal, internal consistency. And for for me, it just didn't. And then because of that, it just kind of, I really enjoyed individual moments. Like I loved the not an evil queen song. I thought that was just so good. Um, I think everything to do with queen, whatever wannabe or whatever it is, like she was a great character. That was Tiffany Haddish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So good. Lots of fun. I thought it was particularly on the nose that like the evil, the real evil was like essentially um, <laughs> Rick's danger vest, like yeah. re- like red pilling Emmett. Like <laughs> it's like basically like like yeah, I, you know, got stuck under that laundry and listened to a whole bunch of Ben Shapiro videos on YouTube, and I <laughs> turned into an alt right person. <laughs> it was really on the nose as to like what, yeah. 
what the danger was. And I like, I thought it was a sweet, I loved, and, and to be honest, the bit where the brother and sister actually got together and started playing together, like I teared up a little, like it was still really beautiful. And yeah. there were lots of it that I, and so I have put it near the middle of my own rankings. Yeah. But- I, I, um, yeah, it's, it's near the middle of my ranking. I mean, for a, a while it was, you know, the, the first or second movie, but every, I've just watched more than, mm. yeah, um, yeah, same. and it's, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's the good, not great, and it didn't do very well at the box office, so mm. I can't imagine we'll see a third, but I think it was pretty bad, poorly marketed in the mm. States from what I understand. Well, I think that whole section of, like, the, you know, when when they essentially get to the the girls' room um, and all the characters sort of get taken away for their makeovers, everything just gets really messy plot-wise. Like, you're not sure what's going on, and that doesn't yeah. get clarified, and that whole, like, this song is going to get stuck inside your head but goes for on for way too long. Yeah, and you don't that, really know what thing. they're yeah. running from. It's um yeah, it has a lot of um like you know try chasing the high of the first one like yeah. the cuz yeah there's obviously the first one had everything is awesome which everyone loved and it's super catchy and then they have um the song's going to get stuck inside your head by T-Pain. Um <laughs> and it's like just not as it, it's someone trying to replicate the success of yeah. something. And um, I think that's probably that's maybe what this movie suffers a little bit from, and also the fact that it came out like five years later. Well, it's not directed by Lord Miller, either. yeah. So it was written I mean, or like produ- at least produced by them, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But you can tell that it's not them. Yeah, like you can tell it's not them in the same way that the Lord Lego movie was them. It's missing that spark of like we're going to do something you didn't expect. Yeah, do you know, I was just about to be like, oh, we can talk about that more when we get to Solo. Because <laughs> Solo and the Lego Movie Two feel like they came out around the same time, <laughs> like, <laughs> like an entire year after yeah, each other. Yeah, um, yeah. God, I'm getting old. Um, all right. Next up, we had um, same day as that. We had What Men Want. Um, I watched it for, to to briefly talk about it here. Um, I'm so sorry. It's it's real bad. Um, I ran. I, I it's. Yeah, the we salute you for your service, Richard. Fourth <laughs> worst film I've watched this year. It, it does that thing of like, uh, I won't dwell on it too much because you know they're the only one seen it. But it's um does it? It has a insanely unlikable main character who's just like a horrible, horrible person, and then you they like make all the other characters around her like cartoonishly bad so that she doesn't look as bad. So it's like, she would like be horrible to all her friends. And then it's like, Oh, well you've been cheating on your boyfriend. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, now that now at least our main character has one up on her friends. So it's like they exchange like bad character for like bad morals. And so like in the, yeah. in the moral universe of the film, these people are obviously worse because they've done like morally bad things. But the person that you're that's supposed to be the hero or the protagonist, yeah, it, like they they don't do the right things morally. They just suck as a person, pretty much. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Like the whole thing, the whole like one of the main plots of the film is that she like gets she like has a one night stand with this guy and then can read the men's thoughts that like they who the people at her work won't promote her because they don't see her as like a family type. And then she's like, oh no, I'm like married to this guy and this is our my our kid. But she doesn't tell the guy and the kid that she's lying about it. Um, so she just like brings them along to all these work functions. And then it's like an hour before someone goes like, oh, you know, you guys get married. And then he's like, what, what, what? Uh, yeah. But yeah, bad film and bad lead character. But yeah, it was it's, it's like scientifically everyone around her is scientifically given one extra thing that makes them worse than her. <laughs> 
So, February 14th, Valentine's Day, uh, we had two releases. One was on my most anticipated list um, and one wasn't. So, the one that wasn't was Alita Battle Angel. Jeremy, did you see this? No, not at all. So, um, AJ and I saw this. AJ, you saw it before me because I went to go see Happy Death Day to you the, on release day and that took me a, a week or two to see. And AJ was like, I can't wait to talk to you about this because it's so garbage. <laughs> and um, I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, AJ. I, this, this is going to be difficult because I don't quite like. I liked the movie so little that I don't recollect a lot from it. I remember thinking it's it's like jam packed with exposition. I remember thinking um, I didn't I didn't really care about any of the characters. I thought the love story was contrived, and it's one of those movies. Spoilers for Alita: Battle Angel. Um, it ends with a twist that's only a twist if you know who Edward Norton is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what? throughout the film you see because it's about you know people down on earth and there's like the city up in the sky and you see like flashes of the person that like um you know that, that rules that city or whatever and um but he's got these glasses on and you can't really see his face and then at the end of the film the last shot is he takes the glasses off and it's edward norton um but it's real funny because you mentioned the love story not being very good um i mean i don't have a problem with it but it's the romantic lead because you know it was directed by robert rodriguez and produced by james cameron the romantic lead is dressed like robert rodriguez and the villain is dressed like james cameron <laughs> what does james cameron dress like well, uh, well like big googly of- glasses and a lab coat <laughs> yeah no but and like um when you see edward norton and alita um so, he looks like james sorry cameron. hold on he is in the movie like diegetically in the movie he is edward norton or <laughs> like sorry yeah, and no. it's like what do you mean it doesn't it only makes sense if you know who Edward Imagine Norton is. that was the twist. Um, so, no, he's like, um, it's just the fact that it's supposed to be this dramatic reveal that it's Edward Norton. But if you'd never seen it before, you'd be like, okay, who's that? But because how, here's a question. How famous is Edward Norton to the general public? You know, I, I, I reckon there would, be, would have been like probably 50% of people who saw that movie probably haven't committed Edward Norton to memory. Uh, I don't know. But then also like, yeah, like Jeremy's saying, like, it's not- it's not a film twist. It's, it's more of a. It's a reveal more than a twist. Is it a reveal yeah. that like he's a? So a leader's like the film ends with a leader being like, "I'm coming up there. I'm going to fucking kill you." Yeah, and then um, it, cu- it cuts up there, and he's looking down. He like takes his glasses off and smirks at her, and we we find out now that the villain is played by Edward Norton. Oh, so it's just like a reveal of like, oh, the whole time you didn't recognize who the, or didn't know that this was a famous actor playing this main character, but now you recognize it's mm. Edward Norton. But it's like even if we'd, I mean, like, I don't know why they <laughs> needed not to a reveal. keep. That's just. They didn't that's need to keep- That's basically the, the yeah. visual equivalent of IMDb. Like- well, like, yeah. <laughs> we didn't, they didn't need to keep Edward Norton in- Because like, he didn't even need to take his glasses off in that scene. But it's just like you cut to the villain looking down on her. And that's a nice tease for the sequel. I mean, I, I didn't really mind. But um, it's, oh, it's a movie that- it, I, It's not the sole reason I disliked the movie or anything. <laughs> it's but, just um, yeah, the funniest like, reason. Edward Norton. Yeah, well, it's really because you mentioned it, yeah, like- they really want there to be a sequel and it's kind of like it's on that balance of like not sure if it could get one based on how well it did Guys, or whatever. Guys, don't worry. Even if there is a sequel, I mean, James Cameron's going to get around to it after all of us are dead. So, it's yeah. fine. But they- um, mm-hmm. So, uh, it's based on- a, uh, Alita Battle Angel is ba- based on a manga that I think it's got like say- Say say it's got like 20 volumes. I'm not sure the exact number. Um, the movie is- an adaptation of the first four volumes and the main conflict of the entire manga starts in volume six. Okay. 
So it's like we, we don't we like we don't even know what this series is about yet. Right. Like if this went for like five films, the thing you would say they were they are about doesn't happen in this film. So it's like they don't even get to the introduction of the One Ring until like yeah yeah like that kind of thing yeah. right but um but yeah, I, I i just had a great time at this movie and when i i released like a top five films in the first quarter of um 2019 thing and i and i actually put alita and captain marvel tied right and it was because because you're a feminist yeah and yeah. no no because i'm not a feminist and they only deserve one spot um <laughs> but between them um <laughs> But because Alita, I expected less of, and it surprised me, whereas Captain Marvel, I probably expected a bit more of, and it didn't quite reach those heights. Right. I mean, they sort of met in the middle. Um, with, like, I mean, I, I, who's to say which one's better? I can't remember which one I've ranked higher. I mean, I could just, like, click right now and see that I put um, Captain Marvel higher. But- um, Chill. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, just, I just enjoyed it. It's not one that I'm going to be rushing out to see again, but if there's a sequel, I'll be- I'm be quite excited for it, um, but yeah, that same day, Happy Death Day to you. You guys don't care, but um, I it's one of those movies that I enjoyed it, but there's a maximum quality level of it, so it's not really like <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so I mean, again, totally. I think it ranks somewhere near the middle, um, and it's like you know, it, it, it was as good as it could be. It was quite fun, and I think it didn't do very well. And so apparently, um, Jason Blum's just like, "Fuck you, we're not making a sequel then because you didn't go see it." <laughs> Uh, all right, next up, a few movies um, that we won't talk about. How to Train Your Dragon 3, which we all talked about how none of us followed the How to Train Your Dragon series, so I'm guessing none of us saw it. Yeah, I, I haven't yet had the surprise moment where I end up watching it, which I have had it with the first two. Um, I'm assuming oh, no. it's just going to be when I'm like babysitting some other, someone else's kids. Yeah, that's what I have with um, the Planet of the Apes series. I haven't seen the third one yet, but the other two I've just, I saw like ages after they were seen. <laughs> I was thinking like um, you, were, you were babysitting someone else's kids and they were like, let's uh, watch War for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Amadea Family Funeral, uh, which AJ and I, we'll watch for the patreon sometime and uh chaos walking didn't come out remember how i said there's no fucking way that comes out of march i do yeah i was i'd I listened back and was pleasantly surprised by you talking about a movie that probably wasn't going to come out that so i definitely would have heard of coming out um yeah it's um that's the one we talked about it stars tom holland daisy ridley written by charlie kaufman although i now know that he actually his draft was scrapped and so he's not what a fantastic decision to make that's so excellent that they scrapped the most exciting thing about the project and um now it's like likely to come out in 2020 but apparently the film's a fucking mess um but so let's let's look forward to that next year but i I look i I just i said i'm you want to have more to say about no no, i said omnipotent and i I meant to say omniscient and there'll be people who are listening being like that guy's a fucking idiot and now I, I just want to say that it, I recognise how much vanity. <laughs> um, so next up we had Captain Marvel. Here's the big one. All right, let's get this out of the way. AJ, you're a sexist. Jeremy, you're a sexist. Now you guys say it to me. Oh, Richard, Richard you sexist. hate women. Oh, cool. Now we don't need to like yeah, yeah, bait cool. each other into sounding sexist. Yeah, yeah great. Um, which is uh, what I mean, we do everyone, here at the Cole Pops Everyone podcast. knows that anyway, because <laughs> there's three men talking and we haven't included a woman. So it's good. Um, By bringing up the fact that we could be sexist as being sexist. Well, no, just more the fact that, like, if we talk about any films that involve minorities, we always try and bait each other into sounding. <laughs> it's, called, it's called woke baiting. We've got a word for it. Okay. Well, oh. that's, that's right. I wasn't woke enough to know that. Um, so, Captain Marvel. What did everyone think of it? I was real well, pleasantly there is, surprised. There is documented audio of, of both you and I talking about yeah, what so we- let's hear what Jeremy <laughs> thought. I, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I just actually just really enjoyed it. I was, 
I was I went in there with trepidation being like, oh, I really want to what I really want to like this movie and I don't know if I will. And then I just had that really lovely experience of sitting there and watching something being like, this is great. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the the whole thing where you find out that what you, you know, the people the shapeshifters are actually good people and or like people at least mm. who are kind of morally neutral and she's trying to help them and they're being kind of, you know, run around. Yeah. And, yeah, and chased and it was good and like I think what I really appreciated was Samuel L. Jackson's relationship with her was really cool I thought it was very very like the way they developed it across the movie yeah I just really enjoyed it I, I mean I the one thing that frustrated me was that the whole Jew Lord thing it was just so clear from the very very beginning that he was somehow a villain yeah. I didn't realize that their whole people group were going to be villains but like it was just so yeah. clear that Jude Law was like screaming bad guy at you from the very beginning yeah also <laughs> did you guys see recently um, the deleted scene that got revealed there's two actually one we don't need to talk about if there's thousands of videos talking about how there's this one scene where Captain Marvel's revealed to be a villain and you shouldn't support Brie Larson um <laughs> But the scene where she steals the motorbike from the guy, she actually like beats him up a little bit, and people are like, "He, she does this to an innocent person. Like, you, you should boycott the movie." There's anyway. a reason they cut it out of the movie before releasing yeah, it. Yeah, it's assholes. not like it's not canon, and it's yeah, also yeah, like yeah. it's a reference to Terminator anyway. Yeah. Um, but the other scene, so throughout the film, they you see the supreme intelligence, which is like the um Kree can and it, and go it, in, and it's um and it appears in the form of the person you like respect the most, or yeah. Um, and it's a net bidding. And then there's a whole thing about Jude Law's one. And he, because it's like, you know, it's supposed to be a secret thing that you never reveal. There's a deleted scene where Jude Law goes into the Supreme Intelligence and it's himself. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been quite That's a good great. joke. But I think it's just, it's just like an exposition scene. Yeah, yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, it would have been quite a funny reveal. Um, but yeah, Captain Marvel is. Uh, I it's the good, not great kind of Marvel movie that I hope we don't get too many of. Yeah, it, it's the um, when people complain about Marvel being samey and they think that they're all just like safe blockbusters that are like the, this is kind of the, the level they're talking about, I think. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I think they did some interesting stuff in there that they haven't done. I think I think the whole direction of the film and like the way that you felt, like the way that the filmmakers made you feel was like, you're in a safe pair of hands. There's nothing too much to worry about. You're going to have a nice time at the movies. But there were some elements of the film that I thought were really cool that hadn't been done before or at least were sort of new expressions like her rela- her friendship with her friend and the friend's daughter, I thought was a really nice touch. Um, I I thought it was like I sat there watching it, being like, "Oh, this is really amazing!" Just seeing again, and it, it's it's annoying to have to make a thing of it, but like seeing female characters being friends and relying on each other and supporting each other and using the strength of one another and not, you know, it, it, it's it just struck me seeing it on screen. Oh wow, we really do not actually see this very often, um, and that was mm. I thought that was a cool experience. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and we said this when we did Marvel. Um, when we did the MCU, the fact that like anything about Captain Marvel that is about her being a woman is my favorite thing about the movie. Yeah, you know, like it's it's the stuff that's that's the superhero parts that that I kind of am kind of lackluster on. Well, it's um, the it's the unique stuff that's like this is why we need to make this movie because we have an original yeah. story to tell, and then all the stuff that's like. You're becoming so strong. Oh, my gosh. This is how your powers yeah. come about. Like, that's the stuff you're like, okay, cool. We've seen this origin yeah. story a million times. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. And also, they probably went a bit too far with making her, like, OP, overpowered in her um, in her first outing. Yeah. Um, because it's like, now she's had 20 years to train When we by the time we see her in Endgame. 
almost 30 years really um and then um and and the writers said like oh you know she was real pissed off on the first one so she was like at full power so she's not gonna be that powerful again and it's like well when this fate of the entire universe is at stake, shouldn't that get you more emotion? Like, yeah. shouldn't that be the time to bring out your thing? Not like, uh, yeah, like, I thought that was kind of a bullshit explanation. It should have been that like, y- yeah, I mean, t- you should have had her less powerful in this one. And you can keep her same power level in Endgame that she had. Um, but, you know, we should see it took her 30 years to get to that point. Mm. Well, maybe her power is fading. And by the time we get to Endgame, yeah. it's- it's not as strong. She's not as strong anymore. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, that was the thing that I thought. The one thing that I thought coming out of that movie was just like, what's the point of anyone else in the universe now? I mean, and I think they <laughs> do, and we'll get to that in Avengers. But like, I, I was like, wow, like you've just, you've just solved every problem essentially, ultimately, because her power is just so much. When I meet the love of my life, I'm going to say to her, "What is the point of anyone else in the universe now?" <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. And then you're gonna and then you're gonna um find all the infinity stones and <laughs> yeah. get rid of them. Snap everyone else out of existence. <laughs> um okay, so next up we had uh, a movie that might win my award for most disappointing movie that I still quite liked. Oh. Us. Mm. Um Oh yeah, for sure. Hard. Hard. <laughs> yeah. So us um it was on my most anticipated. I've got it highlighted for one of the ones I was really looking forward to. Uh, again, this is ranked somewhere around the middle for me. Uh, yeah, I think the script probably needed a few more drafts. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, and I remember I, I spoke about this in the most anticipated podcast, actually, that I said I only watched the trailer once because I had a hunch about a twist and I didn't want to work it out by overanalyzing the trailer. Then that w- it was right. Um, yeah, and it was because I, I thought it was too obvious, and I was like, oh, they're not, they're not going to do this or that, and then they did. Um, so, I mean, you know, good for them or whatever, but- <laughs> Yeah, I was real disappointed by us, I have yeah. to say. Like, I just- I'm I, disappointed I think, I think the us, idea and the, the I guess, the issue that he wants to talk about in us is really, really cool, and I mean, really, really- an, an amazing topic for a filmmaker to tackle and to like put up front like that. I just think the concept was let down by how poorly the metaphor of like the underworld and the, and how poorly like thought the out system, the connection yeah. between like yeah. the underworld and, and, and what's actually going on and like how that would actually work in that world. Like how, you know, so wait, all the characters are tethered to each other and the bottom character moves at the same time as the characters above. When do they move at the same time? When do they, well, when do they when lose? One of the popes and- like yeah. just and, and I, I, it's it's one of those cases where I actually would have preferred less explanation. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that was, that's my main complaint about the film is there's a scene where Lupita Nyong'o is, explains to herself the entire world. And I'm like, like if you just lifted that scene out, it would be better. I would rather have come out of that film being like, man, I'd love to know more about that world than, yeah. than going- that's the world's dumb. Totally. Like, like, why, why the gold scissors? Why do all of them have gold scissors? Yeah, I thought up until that point, the the exposition dump, it was scarier than Get Out. Probably not as good as Get Out, but it was. I I felt it was more a bit of horror film than Get Out. It's interesting because I yeah, I that. did not get the atmosphere in the film. There was for me you the didn't film. Understand it. The film had no <laughs> atmosphere to me of horror. 
Like it was, I could, I could see, and it's, it's like I could see what it was trying to do too often. There wasn't enough magic in the film, mm. and so like, especially like the scene where the where the family appear at the end of the driveway and they just sort of come in and stuff like that. It was like there were these weird rules to the way that they moved, and like there was there was obviously reasons why they they weren't like running or you know taking over the other family or doing stuff, but it was just like. There was no, it was never explained why like the girl can run really fast and like is super aggressive. And well, no, because the, the, the non-tethered, the, the alpha girl is like a marathon runner. Yeah, but. Uh, so if she, if she's tethered to her and has to train as much as she does, she'd be f- the fastest. Yeah, but she's more aggressive. Like, and, and like you've got like. Got to do something. Well, the, 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 the father's <laughs> the only one who actually gets attacked straight away. And like, just there's, there's these weird decisions. And so because of that, I was like, well, this. I'm not scared of these people because I don't know what they want. I don't know what they're actually about. They're just looking mm. menacing. And I, I actually- know, I, I almost find that scarier. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's way scarier to not know what someone wants. But the thing but is- yeah, that, so I, I think broke it's, into your house I think and like just started, you know, smashing you with a baseball bat, you'd be like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, the, I don't understand your motivations. What yeah, are you doing? They, I don't know. Because <laughs> the thing is, the other family, like they go in and like they just- kill them straight away right like it's just there's no there's no sitting around talking there's none of that and obviously she's the you find out later on there's a reason why they you know she wanted to sit down and talk with her because she's kind of like the one person who she's the alpha yeah 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 but and then she actually can talk but in the moment you don't know why they are the ones who are chosen to sit down and talk and so i just didn't feel i don't know i just i just didn't find the movie scary kind of at all yeah, I thought it was the good kind of like, oh, yeah, scary, where it's like I wasn't actually like scared. It was just tense, I guess. Mm. But um, I, I so um, I I actually really like this movie. I've actually ranked it third on my list, um, <laughs> despite the fact that, yes, I agree. Uh, I am pretty disappointed. I wasn't pretty disappointed, but I was disappointed with aspects of it. And if uh, if the second half of 2019 is not better, I feel like that'll be the through line for this year in film is a bunch of films that I was disappointed by, but they were still pretty good. Yeah. Um, and us, I think, yeah, that exposition scene, again, like you said, Richard, I think you could lift that out of the movie and I probably wouldn't have too many problems with it. Um, I I loved how um, I Got Five on it was integrated all throughout the film. I loved yeah. that scene at the end where she's like fighting her her double and it's like, ba-dun-dun, da-dun-dun, da-dun-dun. And yeah. it's like, you know, they're all moving to the beat. I was like, this is actually beautiful that's probably one of my favorite scenes of 2019 so far is that little Mm. fight scene um and i also really like how both of jordan peele's movies are like they they mix they 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 are in the clothing of a prestige not necessarily oscar worthy but like um they they get you know prestigious people talking about these movies but then both get out and us have a like b movie twist towards the end because because get out it's like this this serious um thriller about racism and stuff and then it ends up being they're trying to remove someone's brain and put it in another body which is very you know plan nine from outer space it's very twilight zone Hmm. yeah yeah exactly and then in um, us another disappointing it's this 
<laughs> yeah, and then in Us, it's this very creepy clone kind of story that you're like, is this like a spiritual thing? Is what is? It's very demonic. What's going on? And then it ends up being like the zombie apocalypse. Which, and I think both of those those examples are really great. And mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see with his third movie if it ends up proving to be an intentional thing, and if like Jordan Peele goes into his movies by taking like a a schlocky concept and hiding it in, at the end of an otherwise. Um, Prestigious, Very yeah. prestigious movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. his next film is the Candyman reboot. Which is he directing that? Yeah. Okay. Let's so I, what's what's really interesting about that is that thank you for reminding me because I had this thought um, after watching it was that Candyman is essentially a film that took on exactly the same uh, idea, the same societal ill, which was the idea of kind of racial and and, and economic inequality. Um, so the whole thing with Candyman is that the main character in the original Candyman movie, she's living in an apartment block um, that is like on the nice end of town, and it's it's a it's a real story of kind of this is where my architecture kind of uh, interests <laughs> intersect with film. But um, basically, when they were making those massive housing blocks, what they did is they actually took um, the city councils basically took um, designs from architects for like luxury high rise apartments, and they were like, hey, we're going to be you know we're going to do something that's like an equality thing, and like we're actually going to use these same designs exactly the same building designs for for housing blocks that are on the wrong side of the tracks for people who can't afford them for social housing and so Candyman moves between the mirrors and exactly the same floor prints of these same buildings um, but you know between the the wrong side of the tracks and the sort of upper end of town um, and so you've got these uh, wealthy white women who are you know um, experiencing the horrors that you find usually find in social housing blocks of like you know the sort of really poor ghetto areas you experience kind of the the, the fear of murder and 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 um all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's sort of this mirrored kind of world. And so I thought that the Candyman was, it, it's just so interesting thinking about Candyman. And I think that's a much more successful attempt at this. Um, and one of the things I think I just hearing you guys talk about like Jordan Peele's stylistic choices, it did feel, it does feel beautiful. Like his filmmaking is beautiful and there's amazing style to it. And in Get Out, there was also a humor to it, which I think allowed you to get on board with the schlocky kind of B-movie kind of thing because there yeah. was a wry humor. There was a satirical like yeah, cynicism. Satire, yeah. yeah, there was a cynicism to the whole thing that you could actually go, oh, I, I know what he's doing here. Mm. Whereas in Us, it was very much like there was no satire. There was just, it was just yeah. meant to make yeah, you feel- Yeah, it's more of a commentary than a satire. Whereas I, I, I in Us, I quite like- I know, because because Get Out is like obviously a massive achievement and it's a really great film, um, but it mixes that horror thr- slash thriller and satire. Whereas I like the idea that he can do it without that as well with us. Um, but also, uh, he's actually not directing Candyman, so you can probably just cut out all everything Jeremy just said. Um- <laughs> <laughs> biggest, biggest top plot twist of 2019 was Jeremy's encyclopedic knowledge and analysis of Candyman. <laughs> I wouldn't even think you would have seen that movie, Jeremy. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. That was the first movie that I shouldn't have watched. Like there was the first <laughs> movie that awesome. I saw That's that I was like, I think it. I was like 11 years old, and I was like, I should not be. And watching you were like, this. this is such a commentary. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh, look at the architectural commentary on society. Um, all right, like the- at the same time, if if we'd brought up the remake of Candyman, Jeremy, and you'd said, I've never heard of that movie, I wouldn't have been surprised. You know, like mm. a, it's a movie I've barely heard of, and like, yeah. you know. You're the you're the you're the person we bring on because he doesn't know as much as us. I was trying to figure out how to move away from <laughs> insulting you. 
<laughs> I was trying to move, work out how to move away from insulting you, and I was like, you can't just lean right into it. I'm and the person. Move on. I'm the person that you know that knows more about other times of life than you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next up, uh, we had the first of a few. Um, Disney live action remakes of the year, Dumbo, which we all only just watched recently, didn't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. Dumbo. <laughs> That's Jeremy's review. Um, yeah, this movie got d- terrible reviews. Yeah. Um, you guys both thought it was pretty awful, yeah? Ah, uh, no. I, I think it- I thought it was pretty awful. Yeah. You thought it was awful? No, I thought <laughs> I thought it. It serves to remind you of better Tim Burton movies. Yeah. My, you know, like I watched it and I was like, oh, fuck, remember Big Fish? You know, like that, yeah. was, that was my reaction watching the whole movie was just remember Edward Scissorhands, remember Big Fish? God, those movies are so cool. Yeah. And I, now it's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't mind this movie. I thought it was pretty decent. I, um, yeah, it's nothing too speed, nothing really to write home about, but I just thought it was a nice little movie. I think it- I think the reviews are pretty fucking harsh. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I benefited- My watch of it benefited from hearing that it was terrible. Yeah, so- I think I enjoyed it more because I had zero expectations of the movie mm. at all. If I'd seen it in the cinema, I probably would have been like- What the fuck, Well, bro? it was a bit disappointing, <laughs> but yeah, I, because I had months of just like- and, and you read any reviews or like the discussion thread on Reddit, everyone's like, this is trash. Mm. But also, again, we spoke about this in the anticipated. I've got no attachment to the original Dumbo. So yeah, no. I, no I, it's not like I was like, where was this iconic scene? Yeah. And I think- Well, the- that being said, though, they do take it- They They kind of like- move the pink elephant scene into a very compressed probably the most famous scene from dumbo mm. into a very compressed moment and also what's jeremy what's the big song from dumbo baby mine be yeah, a baby baby of mine and that's very um kind of understated as well in the film which I yeah thought was i think an the- interesting decision to not play into the um the fan service which the next disney live action remake we'll talk about kind of did play into that mm. a bit yeah more. I think the the thing with Dumbo is that it the biggest problem is that it can't figure out why it needs to exist. Like the right. whole time I was just so struck by the fact that, you know, Tim Burton and like all the actors and you can presume the screenwriters were trying to figure out how to make a movie with the with the bare bones of what they've been given by the original because the original doesn't give you any of the human plot the the original is a movie yeah, about yeah. the about the elephant because the thing is that the elephants talk and like you know you you can actually the all the animals have a life have an internal life and this movie Go. I mean, it's obvious Tim Burton was just like, oh, I don't want any fucking animals talking. So he basically ch- has to make the film Dumbo about the humans around Dumbo, and it doesn't work um, because fundamentally, that none of the humans are interesting, and there's no reason to care about any of them. Imagine if John Favreau was like, oh, I'm not making the lions talk and Lion King. <laughs> um. All right, I will well- say this about Dumbo: it is awesome to see Danny DeVito play a role that isn't frank from always sunny um to be reminded that he's not actually a senile crazy old man yeah 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 (laughs) yeah you do forget that he's like not just this like disgusting like um yeah now danny devito is actually a really good actor and um no he's not danny devito is danny devito in every single thing i've ever seen him he's a good actor he's a good good screen presence he's not a good actor uh i mean i disagree he's a better actor than you well, you haven't seen the act. The act right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. See, that was me laughing. So fake. Yeah. Danny DeVito will be able to do it. Um, the whole, the, like, 
I think the definition of what this movie, what was crap about this movie is the first 10 minutes because you've got like all these characters just spitting, um, like spitting, spitting plot, at each plot other, points yeah. and like character development at each other being like, <laughs> oh, everyone's dead. And like, oh, I don't want to be a performer. I want to, I want to do science because I'm a girl and I want to do science. And the little boy being like, why does it matter that huh? she's a girl? Huh? And Danny DeVito being like, ah, you crazy monkey, get out of my things. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Yeah, see, uh, Danny DeVito would have done that better than you. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is like a weird thing. The movie like leaps straight into like a, mon- a quite a long montage of them like traveling across the country, which if you'd done the opening credits over that would have been fine. But instead it's like, this is mm. this should be the midpoint of the film. Well, and the thing is it also relies on, it, it also relies on you knowing that the, the the whole opening thing relies on you knowing what cities in America are impressive cities to go to and what si- what names of towns are like shitty small towns that no one be impressed of because essentially like the joke of the first thing is that essentially they're going to all these places that are basically nowheresville USA and so you're right. you're meant to know from that that the circus is a very crap circus. There's also the whole thing with the um the girl character being like. I want to be a scientist because I'm a girl. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pro science. The, the, the heart, the heart of of creating like a a you know role model esque girl with uh, ambitions is good. But that's so on the nose. It's it's such a producer's note of a character. Yeah, you know, totally. to, to be like, like. I know I want people to know me for my mind and and not how I look and it's like but that's and that's literally the line that she uses yeah, to exa- establish yeah, that's what, that's that what character I mean, is that you can have that attitude in your film and you should but the there's no dressing up of it it's just said to you so that you know yeah they um <laughs> they they didn't need two children characters no they could have easily been one <laughs> they also like, did, they also didn't need both Colin Farrell and Danny DeVito they probably didn't need the the elephant. <laughs> yeah also yeah colin farrell like doing the same american accent as um your mcgregor and big fish <laughs> like they actually like if you shut your eyes they sound identical <laughs> and i was like i wonder if it's actually just like tim burton has a dialect coach that he sends them also why did they dumbo i love you and i will marry you <laughs> why, why did they crip up Colin Farrell. Like, why did he need to have a missing you arm? You can't say that. No, but like, I don't <laughs> think that's a that's a kosher term. No, Jeremy. it is. Like, uh, sorry, I have. I no, have, it is. No, no. People say it all the time. I have. Friends, I've got loads of crippled friends. Have friends. That's what you're about to say. That's what you're about to fucking say. Because I do have friends who are disabled, and they that's what who they, are crypt up. That's what they refer to <laughs> as someone who is able-bodied taking on or trying to appear right, right. crippled. Uh, okay. It's cripping up. Like it's just right. like uh, it's apologies. just like oh I'll I'll make the audience feel sorry for me by having a visible disability, and they're like right. no fuck you like make the audience sorry for you because of who you are as a person don't try to co opt a disability just to, right, yeah. just as right. a character note. So fuck you okay. guys I was right. <laughs> the baiting into bigotry has returned. <laughs> we, we've covered sexism. We've covered racism. Now a. Dipping a toe in ableism. <laughs> yeah, we've never dipped into that before. So, well, you know, I thought the audience would get bored with all of our sexist, racist jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Just to be clear, those are jokes about sexism and racism, <laughs> not jokes which are sexist and racist. All right. So next up, one of the big uh, releases of the year, Shazam. DC's Shazam. Shazam, our second film of the year based on a character called Captain Marvel. <laughs> I ranked this fourth in my so 
We've nearly nice. got all the top five so far. Do you not but, know that, Jeremy? Um, yeah, no, man. I had no idea. That yeah, was- like Shazam was originally called, up until like 2008, was called Captain Marvel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And in the actual movie Shazam, they never they they don't call him Shazam, and they don't land on a name for him because they're always calling him Captain Sparklefingers or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. Okay, but Shazam's yeah. the 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 word. The word, yeah. The, the, oh, right. And it's um, do you know it's an acronym? What is it's it? It's like um, it's like the power of S, the heart of H. I don't know, like. At the start, when he's like, "Oh, if you do this, I'll give you the it'll give you the powers oh. of all these," it actually spells Shazam. Right. But the thing right. is, he keeps saying, say my name, and then he says Shazam. Yeah, the wizard's name is Shazam. Oh, right. Okay. I see. Um, but yeah, I thought so that you it's Solomon, Shazam. Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Right. Mm. Okay. Um, because they, that's where he gets his powers. Um, Do you reckon the, Gr- the ancient Greeks planned it like that? <laughs> uh, so, Shazam, uh, what did everyone think? Jeremy, I'm pretty sure this is your number this one. This is on my number one movie of the year. I freaking love this, man. I went and saw this with my dad. Same. Oh, my dad. Oh, I went to dad. go see this with your dad. <laughs> um, um, it was just, yeah, it was yeah, such a good time. And, like, I just, it was just the kind of- superhero movie you want to watch and i just the fact that it's a dc movie is just awesome like mm. i'm like oh thank god dc can actually make fun movies again yeah oh yeah i really enjoyed this film um it's it has my favorite possibly my favorite joke of the year so far um which is when at the end spoilers for cat uh, for shazam <laughs> that they um when his whole like foster family gets powers and he works out that he can give the powers to everyone. And he's like, everyone, say my name. And they're like, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> There's also that great joke when um, when Mark Strong is uh, monologuing from oh, yeah. like a kilometre away in the oh, middle of yes. the sky. And, and, and Shazam or Billy's like, I, am I supposed to be able to hear you right now? Um, yeah, yeah I, I really like this movie. Uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word disappointed, but I would say it wasn't as good as I think it could have been. Does Ooh. that make sense? Like, it didn't It didn't Ooh. quite. I actually, until the last, Ooh. this is the, the kind of similar with the Lego movie too, is until the last, or in the opposite of Glass, until the last act, I was like, I'm kind of lukewarm. I've got no complaints. It just hasn't wowed me. And then the last act was really, really good. I love that they all got superpowers. I thought yeah. that was such a a dash of magic to add to the film. Yeah, the Marvel um, family. Yeah. That's, what yeah, yeah. That's actually what they're called. I mean, I, th- I think the thing that I loved <laughs> about this movie was that um, it has what most superheroes don't- It spent time developing what most superheroes don't spend time on, which was the whole foster family plot line. Yeah, there's so think- few superhero movies that go into their foster family. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they actually- it's, They spend time developing the other characters in the life of the main character who's got the superpowers. Like, the, yeah. I loved the foster parents. I thought they were really- really wonderful it's really cool to see this kind of uh i guess this kind of love on screen and it was just really they didn't it wasn't just lip service like oh he's in a foster family but like it's it's a core it's it's core to the movie plot that he's actually got this and and who these foster kids are is super core to like what ends up happening in the movie and i really like that they weren't just like cookie cutter you know quote unquote loved ones who can be used against him like Mm. there's there's plot 
there's plot development that comes through all the different members of the family and I really loved it. It's it's an extremely character-driven movie, which often the best superhero movies are. Yeah. Mm. Character, you know, extremely um, character. It's also, there's some weird tonal inconsistencies in the film. There's one real, like, scary scene in the film, um, yeah. which is weird for, like, the lightest DC movie. It also has, like, the most intense part yeah. um, when the all the board members are killed it's, uh, because it's a director that's come from horror. Yeah. David mm. F. Sandberg. And- um. Yeah, it was it was kind of a weird tonal whiplash. For I was one sitting thing. next to like a seven year old girl in the um in the <laughs> movies, and like I was I was kind of sit, sitting there looking across at her dad when that scene was happening, being like, "You should cover her eyes and ears in this scene, <laughs> and mouth like, and nose. Please, like, just don't let Kill her that. watch this." I felt like I was somehow party to this child being like, you know. Um. Anyway. Yeah, but no, it's a very good film. Does the did were the seven deadly sins the gargoyle monster That's creatures right, yeah. were they the right choice for Shazam's first movie? That uh, that's a question I have. I feel like. The while while I don't also don't want to fall into the trap of the the main villain just being, you know, the opposite of Shazam. Well, I like I the idea like of the we- main villain knowing about how he got the powers and spending yeah, his yeah. whole life trying to get them. Yeah, that's cool. But I feel like. Like the what's whatever his name was, whatever the character's name was, I think he was a great on brand foil to Shazam. But I I do wonder if the Seven Deadly Sins were a little bit too um, deep into the lore of Shazam for the first first film. Oh, maybe. if you're talking deep into the lore, look at the post credit scene where like a yeah. caterpillar comes to break him out of jail. <laughs> the like I don't know, I don't understand who the caterpillar is, but people on Reddit were like, I cannot believe that they're doing the caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like the studio like just invented this caterpillar and then they hire people to go on Reddit and be like, oh my God, guys, the caterpillar, <laughs> no way. Like, and everyone's like, oh, Wait, that, be- oh, that's definitely happened with some movie. <laughs> that's 100%, totally. Yeah. Um, I- the, do, uh, do you, did you guys like how it straddled the line of maybe it is in the DC universe and maybe it isn't? Uh, I hated the ending with like <laughs> a very not Henry Cavill Superman coming into frame. I thought it was like it was kind of a funny note to end on, but it was funny because of how bad it was. Yeah, but maybe it's not Henry Cavill. That's my point. Maybe that they they were just coy enough about it so that should the DC EU or whatever it's actually called, if it's called anything, should it crumble now, you can still like revive Shazam from the the ashes. Maybe it's set in a different universe. Yeah, I, I the thing is that the universe, that universe side of things, I really that's one thing I really liked. You know, the fact that he he was obsessed with you know yeah, yeah. actual superheroes and like the whole thing of you know he wanted one of the bullets like that. That was just cool. I really liked it. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it was fresh. It was new. It was fun, and and also just on your point, AJ, about the seven deadly sins. I thought it was. I thought it was good. Like I think you know you've you've got to. This is the challenge of an origin film, right? You've got to figure out what is the world that this character is living in, and also from whence do they get their power, and like what is the sort of central. What is the central kind of battle between good and evil in this world? And I think that actually establishing, I, th- I thought it was a bit weird, like the seven deadly sins are an incredibly Catholic kind of thing. And when you get like the Shazam guy, uh, it seems, I don't know, it, it was sort of very weird blend of different kind of world mysticisms coming in together. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I, I went along with it and it was fun. So, um, yeah. 
Next one, Pet Cemetery came out the same day, but you've just watched that recently, haven't you, AJ? Yes, I watched it the other night. Uh, real cool movie. Um, I won't speak on it for too long. It feels, it feels like the kind of horror movie that would come out in like 2006. Uh, but oh, so it's it like a good. No, like a good version oh. of that. Um, mm. John Lithgow, just, just, I just wanted to see it because I love John Lithgow so much and he definitely delivers in this film. Um, yeah, it's good. It's, it's a cool movie. It's, it's got a, it's just got, it's a really cool plot. Do you guys know the basic? premise for pet cemetery I actually don't pets come to life like yeah. zombie pe- zombie pets, <laughs> pets come to sort life. Of. Real life, so it's the this family moves to like this quiet sort of country town um and they're in the they've got like this massive back section with um with that's just complete forest and there's a pet cemetery that where a bunch of kids when their pet dies they go and bury it in there but just beyond that um over like this this fence of made out of like broken sticks that there's like this creepy kind of marshland where if you bury your pet there it'll come back to life Mm. um and so their cat dies and john lithgow's like look i'll show you how to bring it back basically but the cat comes back and is kind of a a pest and And then came um, back the the very very next day (laughs) thought it was a goner but the cat came back what the fuck are you singing oh my god (laughs) what is the song it's like year nine music at school. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's- oh my god, you have transported me back in Oi, time. Honestly, I had that some. I had that the other day when, again, niche reference. Um, but <laughs> someone was like, "I'm a bumblebee. Bumble <laughs> is my name." And I was like, oh, oh, no. "I didn't. I didn't know. I knew that song." Like, was it, were you hanging out with Jason Gunn? Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, and "I was like, wait, who are you?" And he was like, "Yeah." Um. um well, yeah. There you so. Go. <laughs> Hope hope there's some nostalgia for you guys. There's the I mean there's a massive spoiler for the movie, but it's in the trailer and happens about halfway through the movie. Yeah, what is um, it? Uh, their daughter gets hit by a truck, and so they bury the daughter, and the daughter comes back and isn't the same. <gasps> I was literally that- going to ask, does it just work on pets? No, that's 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 what the movie's about. But oh, okay. the uh, that's kind of the weird thing about is the inciting incident is halfway through the film. So to like <laughs> to like completely explain to someone the allure of the film, you've got to kind of get to like this weird <laughs> The allure of the film. Well, the film only gets sexy when a little girl gets hit by a truck. <laughs> I don't think allure is exclusive to to sexiness. Um well, so, so why is uh, it's cemetery spelt like that? Is it because the, that's just the sign the kids made or something? Yeah. The kids made and it spelt wrong. Stupid kids. Kids are fucking stupid. (laughs) Um, Um, But John Lithgow's great in it. John Clark's pretty good in it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah. The two Johns. Yeah. Um, Is his name John? His name's John Clark, right? The who? The the guy. He's in like. um, We haven't seen the movie, AJ. No, but he's he's an actor. He's an actor. You think of Jason Clark? Yeah, I think I Oh, the big guy from um, Lucius Malfoy. What? No. No. That's Jason Isaacs. Yeah, you're oh, right. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking it up. Jason, it is Jason in, Clark. He played like um, John Connor in Terminator yeah, yeah, Genesis. Yeah, and he, Jason his, Clark. his first role was Zero Dark Thirty, right? Jason yeah. Clark. Yeah. Is he Australian? Yeah, that's who I was. Uh, yes. John and Jason. Yeah. Uh, okay, anyway. So, moving on. Uh, Farmageddon, uh, a Sean Machine movie, has been pushed <laughs> to next year in New Zealand. Yeah, you're um, lucky, AJ, because oh. I was going to have you up about promising to I watch this. I knew you would, too. Uh, I knew you would. Um, okay, Hellboy. None of us saw it. It got real bad reviews. and then This is the dud, right? 
Like on, on most anticipated, yeah. we talked about how like someone from the industry had tweeted out saying that there was a a massive bomb this year that was just a terrible film, and you'll wonder how anyone sanctioned it to be made. Surely it's Hellboy. Yeah, there is another option as well. Well, there's maybe a couple options coming up. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, now Hellboy and David Harbour's come out and been like, oh, look, you know, it failed because of Marvel. Like, he's like came out and complained about Marvel and he used this real weird chocolate analogy that I can't remember about how, like, <laughs> if you expect chocolate and then you get dog shit. You'll be mad it's not chocolate. Yeah, and, but, um, and now he's, like, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Black Widow movie. But um, And then he's just come out today and said, I don't think there's going to be a sequel because it bombed at the box office and with critics. I <laughs> I say we we put a little pin in Hellboy since none of us have seen it and we all watch it in time for part two. Yeah. And we open the episode with talking about <laughs> Hellboy. Okay. Should we all get together in our gym jams and watch Hellboy? Yes. Sure. Uh, okay. So uh, then with a few we didn't see, Missing Link, again, would to underperform. That was the Leica one. Um, Thunder Road, Under Silver Lake. I don't actually think either of them came out here. Um, Under the Silver Lake uh, yeah. is going to um, the International Film Festival in Auckland, if you're interested in seeing that. But um, Avengers Endgame. Big one. This, this was on my most anticipated list. Didn't um, say it. Let's okay. just, uh, again, there's already audio out there of me and AJ talking about it. But I just want to reiterate. Um, as Jeremy, as much as I'm sure you're going to point out it's little nitpicky flaws, you cannot, like, there's nothing you could say that will, like, take away the way I feel about this film. This is, I, I'm never going to enjoy a cinematic experience as much as I did seeing this for the first time. I love that you just can't be like, Jeremy, what'd you think about it? You're like, no, fuck you, Jeremy. I know what you're going to try and well, do. Don't, don't even try. No, because it. of this minor thing, it totally ruined the film for me. <laughs> and it's like, like, honestly, like the experience of watching this and like, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, maybe it doesn't stand on its own as much as it should. But as the culmination of 22 films, this, this was like the- most overwhelming, incredible experience watching in the cinema. As soon as it finished, I bought tickets to go in like like an hour later. And the, I've seen it four this, times in the cinema now. This is, my, this is my number one for the year, which I'm somewhat ashamed about, but it's more about, it's more a testament to how genuinely enthralling and interesting yeah. and fun I found this movie to be. It's my number one as well. Now, Jeremy's um, very condescendingly looking and laughing at me, so I'm going to let him say a little piece <laughs> oh, no. now. Okay, it is really rich for you to say that what I've just been doing is looking at you condescendingly when you have basically been condescending to me before you even, <laughs> even haven't heard me talk. Okay, well, prove me wrong. You then, know Jeremy. what I think about this movie. I flippin' loved it. Yeah, but what are, awesome. what are your little nitpicks? Let's get them out, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> it is so rich, Richard, that you're like, oh, Jeremy loves to nitpick about films, doesn't he? When you have an entire fucking film podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think we're a nitpicky podcast. <laughs> we're not one of those. It's like, um, it's really weird because it, like, it felt like you yeah. thought that I had taken on the form of like the worst parts of Reddit and you were just like, oh, I've read all your comments and I know what you're going to say and nothing can stop you. Um, but no, no, I loved it. It was really great. Um, I- I, I would see it again. The only reason why this is not my number one for the year is yeah, because- when I just I, have one mind in it. <laughs> no, when I thought about when I thought about Shazam, because I was picking between Shazam and Endgame, mm-hmm. I was like, which one would I rather- Like, which one would I have more fun going to see 
again in the films and that's kind of that's because it's because i only ever go to the films that was really um, funny <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah i think when you're doing your ranking you've got to try and figure out like what is the thing that i'm going to rank on and i think yeah. that if i was ranking on an achievement in film i think in in game is totally 100 i completely agree like to be able to as a culmination of 22 films no one has ever done anything like this before and yeah. gotten even remotely close you know, even someone trying to do five films in a row or six films in a row. Like you think about uh, James Bond, you know, like mm. Im- imagine if James Bond, you know, had at 22 done a movie like Endgame, which somehow managed to draw all of the previous films yeah. together and make sense of them and actually bring every single character that had ever been involved and give them something that's actually worthwhile to do and and made a really entertaining movie somehow in the middle of all yeah. of that well that's the thing it's it's such an achievement i think and i mean i i cried when i saw it because it was just like it, it wasn't even like the the, the sad parts mm. of the film it was the spoiler free game the the, the the portals when everyone comes yeah. through and then like just the the uh, how in awe of it i was that yeah. i just like i just I, like it was so much emotion that i was feeling that uh, you know, when you feel that strongly of any emotion, you just start crying. Yeah. yeah. And was- I, I, choked, I got choked up when Spider-Man specifically flew out, even though I was like, of course he's going to come back. Of course all these- then Spider-Man turns up. I was like, my boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I this movie is so full of wonderful little adrenaline rushes. And it's this is so, the best it, kind it, of like- fan service as well. It goes. It goes to every. It does everything I could have wanted this movie to do without me realizing I wanted it to yeah. do it. Um, I think I and I. Do, I didn't dislike Infinity War at all. I quite liked it, but I feel like Endgame is ten times better than Infinity War. Um, I mean, I probably agree. And, and I loved Infinity War. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, and I think my my kind of big analysis of the year is that, and I said this on a Patreon episode for a film we'll talk about shortly. Um, Avengers Endgame was so good, it sucked all the quality out of the broad the the blockbuster landscape for 2019. Mm. I feel like because because if if my to- if my third ranked as us right. And I, I admit I was disappointed by it. What other year was I disappointed by my third highest film? You know, yeah. like, and it's because I actually genuinely feel, except for one other movie, which we'll get to later, I feel like, yeah, the Endgame just mm. took. Like, if there is an, if there is a, a abstract amount of quality that gets divvied out to the spread of films in a in a single year, it feels like Endgame just like stole. 75 percent of that well yeah that's the thing like we've kind of covered this already but like a lot of this film has been a lot of this year sorry has been kind of middle of the road or disappointing even but the average quality of films is still very high (laughs) because endgame is just so like i enjoyed that so much Mm. and it's like yeah i'm a show whatever but like this is absolutely everything I could ever want in a cinematic experience, and just and watching yeah. that with a crowd was just like so incredible. Yeah, so yeah totally. good. And it's it's the kind of um, and, and I think one of the biggest things that I really appreciated about it was it was a moment in culture. Mm. It was actually a cultural out, moment dude. that that everyone was talking about, and there was a real like there was this really cool kind of like spoiler silence, mm. you know, where people were just like real like that they, they just didn't. They didn't say anything, you know. I, I yeah. there was there was that full week window where it's just everyone knew it's not okay. I know the movie's been released, but it's not okay to spoil this. It's not okay yeah. to say things. And I, I'm I'm not on Reddit as much as I used to be, so probably yeah. not there. But um, 
Reddit's yeah, actually probably the safer of the social medias to right, be on. Yeah. Because <laughs> the nothing, nothing's going to get up to the top. Whereas like Facebook, someone could just be like Tony Dot, oh, like yeah, Iron Man dies and, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. it's moderated, especially like the movie and Marvel-based ones. Some of the other ones, you, you but you just know what to avoid. Yeah, I totally. had some minor stuff spoiled. Well, no, actually, I had one major thing spoiled for me from Facebook. But what was that? that major thing was Thanos. I saw that it was, it was a picture with a bunch of meme text on it and I saw flashes of words. Oh, that's right, yeah. And once I realized what I was reading, I like had a heart attack and scrolled away from it. But the words I saw were Thanos dies before. And so <laughs> in my head, I was like, okay, so Thanos or Thanos gets killed before. I didn't even see Thor kills Thanos, which is what I went back and checked it out after I saw it. And that's what it said. <laughs> but of all the things to be spoiled, the one, the thing that happens within the first 15 minutes is what yeah, you yeah. want to get spoiled. You yeah. know? So um, it was quite ineffective in the speaking end. Speaking of Thor, I did just want to talk about. So obviously there was kind of controversial that. Thor's fat in this movie and a lot of people are like it's you know it's it's fat shaming um I actually as you know a, a portly man myself <laughs> I really liked the portrayal of Thor in this movie because yeah, he's um and it's not it's not you know, fat shaming it's fat acceptance if anything um because the whole film is like you know he, he goes through like this horrible horrible time you think about his arc from like Ragnarok through to Infinity War and like the half the universe is dead and he blames himself 100% and he gets depressed he puts on weight and then um and I love that they didn't they kept him at that way and then yeah, he didn't somehow magically become skinny yeah I was again. waiting for that scene yeah, yeah, yeah. when he gets his power back and then just is ripped now um but I the, the, he has that whole conversation with his mom and then he and then he um you know summons Mjolnir and he's still worthy and it's like and it's a really positive message that it's like no matter like how like out of shape you've let yourself get or like your depression or whatever it, it doesn't make you any less worthy of like yeah. you know you know obviously Mjolnir is one thing but like it doesn't make you any less worthy of love or like anything yeah it's funny how we with these podcasts are always us tiptoeing or baiting each other into like trying to to speak on a on a minority we're not actually part of and this is the only time in which <laughs> we can actually say no as a member of the community that people <laughs> think is being I actually really liked it and and thought it yeah. was a wonderful and also thing because for our people little- talk about like oh he's the butt of every joke in the film uh, there's like there's two instances in the film where characters make fun of him one rocket says he looks like melted ice cream when he first meets him two roadie says that cheese was is running through his veins those are very in character moments for those two characters but it's not like people like tony and cap aren't like oh geez look at old fats over here um he called tony calls him lebowski um which is a reference to the jeff bridges film and he's like obadiah stone anyway um but yeah, no, that, but that's Lebowski's not that's not, not about yeah, that's not about his weight or anything like that. It's about yeah. the way he's dressed, um, and so yeah, I don't think. Whereas the actual fat shaming superhero movie of the 2019, I think, is Shazam because there's the Marvel family, his like foster kids. Um, one of them is like a fat dude and then he gets powers and is just now like a skinny ripped dude and is like sweet and my life's so much better now because I can do this whereas <laughs> you look at something like Thor in the last act of Endgame and when he gets his um when he gets his armor back and, he, and his beard is like all braided and shit like that and it's like he still looks really powerful yeah but he's fat and like as you look at like those old school bodybuilders and stuff like that and they they were very like stocky strong and I think that 
they they should have done something like that in Shazam um, to make because you can still be powerful and not have like rippling abs. Yeah, and yeah. I th- and I think they missed an opportunity to kind of show that in Shazam. And I th- I think that's the more insulting one to a fat person than um, fat four. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.